Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, Living Water Community Church. Let me try that again. Good morning, Living Water Community Church. My name is Sean Ogilvie, and I am one of the privileged pastors and speakers here at LWCC. I want to welcome everyone that's in the house today on this first Sunday of the year, as well as everyone that's joining us online. I want to say before we get any further, Happy New Year to every single person here. Wish you a Happy New Year. I hope you had a great New Year's and you have a positive outlook for this year to come. Amen? So I was, I was at the back of the room just now listening to the worship team and the same thing that, that Amanda was saying, I'm feeling. I'm feeling this heaviness in the room. And, I'm, and, and if, I'm, if I'm honest with you, I've been feeling this heaviness um, many a week for the past few, for the, probably for the past couple of months. And it's as if the devil is trying to distract us. It's as if the devil wants us to not be focused on what we're here for. The devil doesn't want us to be focused on the connection with God and getting deeper with our relationship with God. So we're going to do something a little, a little unconventional right now, just a little unconventional. First of all, we're going to say this, that you have officially made it out of 2020, okay? You've officially made it out of 2020. So you all made it. Amen? Praise God. You all made it. Wherever you are right now, wherever you are, if you're in the sanctuary or if you're watching online, wherever you are, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, I made it. No, I'm not hearing everyone. Turn to your neighbor. I made it. All right. Now turn to your other neighbor, you two at home, turn to your other neighbor and say, guess what? You made it too. You made it. If you don't have a neighbor beside you, you just got to shout at someone, right? I love that. I love that. So right now we're going to do one more thing because we're going to break through this, this heaviness. We're going to break through what the devil's trying to do in this place. Okay, right now what we're going to do on the count of three, we are all going to shout to God and we're going to say, God, you made it for us. You pulled us through. So one, two, three, God, you did it. That's what we're going to say. Ready? One, two, three, God, you did it. Praise God. Praise God. It doesn't matter what the devil tries in this place. God is in this place. We will focus on the most important thing, and we are not going to let the devil get us distracted. We're not thinking about what's happening after church today. We're not thinking about all the troubles that we have and all all the things that are bothering us right now. We are here for one purpose and one purpose alone. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. A quick update for everyone. As most of you know, Pastor Rick has been recovering from COVID long, and COVID long essentially is it's a severe reaction that someone can get from having the coronavirus, which he got last year back in July. Since passed, right? But this thing called COVID long is still kind of with him. He sends his love. He is doing much, much better. But this does serve as a reminder to everyone that we need to take the, the coronavirus serious. We should, we should continue using our masks, Right, we're make, using common sense. We should try to do our best and be vigilant with, with um, washing our hands as well as not getting into 
scenarios where we're exposing ourselves unnecessarily. That does not mean live your life in a box. Don't hear me, don't hear me wrong. It doesn't mean live your life in a box. It means use common sense. Use your brain, right? That's, that's all it means. So we're going to continue to pray for Pastor Rick. He wishes everyone here um, a happy new year, and he w- hopes you all stay healthy and stay well. And we are looking forward to his return. And I promise you, Pastor Rick is going to be back in the saddle a lot sooner than you might think. So we are looking forward to Pastor Rick's full recovery and him coming back and really doing what Pastor Rick does. Amen? Amen. And Pastor Rick, we love you. We know you're watching right now. We absolutely love you, Pastor Rick. We love you. We love the family. Miss Deb, you guys. You guys are awesome, and we are going to continue praying for you. We all know that 2020 had many, many challenges, right? I'm not going to spend any time talking about those today, um, but woven in and out of all those challenges, there were some good things that happened, right? There were some good things that happened in 2020, right? Amen? I mean, for one, we all woke up every morning. That's a good thing, right? Amen. (laughs) And there's one thing that stands out to me. Just, just one. There's probably a lot if I really thought about it. Just so happens it's a, one of the more recent things at the end of the year. It stands out to me, and it's, it's the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. So I just got a little techie on you, that little, 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 little philosophical conjunction. Just means like the lining up of two things, right? So don't, don't think I'm trying to take you to school now. But, but that was something big. That was... Jupiter and Saturn lined up. How many of you saw it? Show of hands if you saw that. You saw it? Yeah? This, you know, this just happened a couple weeks ago on December 21st, which is the official first day of winter. And yes, us here in Florida, we do recognize it's winter as well. December 21st. And I took this picture here right from my driveway. That was taken from my driveway. It looks like it's far, because it is, but... When I'm standing in my driveway, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Let's go to the next picture. I zoomed in a little bit. So that's, that's the picture that I took. You can leave that up for a quick moment. Um, now, despite those looking close together, right, and that's Jupiter on the left and Saturn on the right there, despite those looking close together, those are actually 456 million miles away from each other, Right? And this conjunction, this lining up, happens, it happens every, about every 20 years, okay? But this one that, we have, that just happened at the end of the year, December 21st, it just so happens that this was the closest one to come to the earth since 1623. Whoa. That's almost 400 years. None of us were around the last time this happened, okay? And on top of that, this was the closest it's come to earth in nighttime where we can actually see it since uh, 16 sorry since 1226 almost 800 years was the last time it came this close at nighttime where you could see it with the human eye and this same thing won't happen again until 2080 60 years from now some of us may still be here most of us probably won't be, though. So I don't say that in a bad way, but I'm saying it, is, it was a sight to see. Um, if you missed it, sorry. 
Hopefully you're around in 60 years. I'm just joking. You can go see the pictures online, I'm sure. But I consider it a highlight of 2020. Why? Because it felt to me like I was witnessing history. I was, I was literally sitting, I'm standing in my driveway. Don't tell anyone, but I had a couple of people over because Ricardo and Elisa were at my house. And we were looking at this star, the star, right? I felt like I was getting the opportunity to witness the Christmas star, because this is what people are calling it, the Christmas star. I felt like I was getting the opportunity to witness the Christmas star the same way that the shepherds did 2,000 years ago. And I was reminded of something very important. I was reminded of just how small we are. When you look at that, but you know that Jupiter is the biggest planet in our, in our solar system, just how small we are. But guess what it also reminded me? Just how big God is. Just how big our God is. And you see, I went inside, and I came back outside maybe an hour later, probably not even an hour later, and guess what? It was gone. Within the space of an hour of me getting that picture and, taking and seeing that, it was gone. It had moved on. And to me, that's a reminder that God's universe and God's plans were still moving forward. Amen? It doesn't matter if we're stopping to look at it or not. God is moving forward. Amen? He's not stopping and waiting. Today, we're going to be kicking off our new series, our New Year series. And it's one that I can kind of relate to as an, as an IT guy. Now, some of you may not say, like, what's IT mean? IT means information technology. And it's kind of the, the name that you give to people who are the computer people, right? The, the computer nerds, those computer geeks, that's the IT guys, okay? And that's what my profession has been for over 20 years. I've been an IT guy, more or less. And this new series is called Rebooting Your PC. That is your personal commitment. And today's subtitle and focus for the morning is doing a factory reset. Has anyone ever had to do a factory reset on your computer? Anyone? You might have to do, they might be for good or bad reasons, right? Some of the, some of the reasons that are, are not ideal to do a factory reset, once you do it, it sets everything back to like the way it came out of the box. But that means you have to install all your software again. You got to download all your pictures and if you have music on your computer or movies, you got to put all that back in there because it's not going to be there when it's set back to the factory, right? We have IT guys for that. We have IT guys for that. <laughs> nice. But what I will say is when you do that factory reset on that computer, it runs better. The computer runs better. All the junk, all the garbage that was on that computer that caused it to get slower and slower over the years is gone. It's gone and it runs better. See, back in the day, I used to do that a lot. I used to do that a lot. For my own computer, I, every single year, without fail, I would wipe it out and do a factory reset and start again every single year. And for some of my close friends and family who were willing to bear with the inconvenience for the greater benefit of the factory reset, they would come to me as well and ask me to do it. Now, I don't do it anymore, so that's just uh, for all my family and friends listening don't think that I'm still in the business of wiping out your computer. I haven't done that in many, many years. <laughs> now, that's a whole other path that we could go down, talking about the temporary inconvenience, inconvenience for the greater good. That's a whole other path we could go down. 
but I'm going to get back to my message for today. We are a blessed set of people. All of us. All of us. You may not think about it. You may not realize it. You may not believe it. But we are all extremely blessed. Not just blessed. We are all extremely blessed. Despite what you might be going through or how hard things may look to you right now, we are extremely blessed. But being blessed doesn't mean that we won't face challenges, amen? Doesn't mean that life is a, a walk in the park, right? Doesn't mean that there won't be tough times. Whoever tells you that life is easy except Jesus and life is easy, everything gets easy and now you have you know, daisies and flowers and so the sun is always shining, whoever told you that, they lied to you. Because there's nothing in the scripture that talks about that. And I promise you, that's not the way things work. The Bible tells us that God causes the, to, the sun to shine on evil and on good. God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear me? But it's far too common that we focus and focus primarily on the negative stuff more than on the positive. We tend to highlight what's wrong, what's not working for us, as opposed to what's going right in our life. Am I talking to anyone today? Am I the only one that feels this at times? Maybe some people at home are feeling that, right? Maybe they are. But as I said, I've been in the IT field for, for over 20 years um, at this point, and I've had a lot of fires to put out. I've had a lot of problems to solve in my profession in my time. I've had no shortage of problems and issues that I've had to deal with in the workplace. But let me tell you something that doesn't really happen for an IT person. Doesn't really happen. Random thank yous. Doesn't really happen for a computer guy. Think about it. If you're wherever you work, if there's an IT person or IT people, right, how often do you reach out to them and say, man, Juan, my computer, our network, the internet, it has run so good for the last two months. It's been great. Thank you so much. How many times do you think you say that to the IT guy? Probably not much. But let there be a tough problem. Let your computer run into a problem. And let it be something that the IT guy can't fix in 10 minutes. All of a sudden, the IT guy has all your attention, doesn't he? The IT person has all your attention at that point. It's like air. I've heard that analogy before. IT and computer systems, they're like air. You don't think about them or appreciate them until you don't have them. Am I right? Am I right? Getting quiet in here. We're getting, okay, you're listening. I love that. For any IT people out there, you are appreciated. Thank you, IT people. But it is very common for us to not count our blessings. It's all too common to see the glass as half empty. But it isn't just you. If you're saying, man, he's talking right at me. It isn't just you. So that should relieve some people, whether you're sitting here or if you're online, it should relieve some people. You should breathe a sigh of relief at knowing it's not just you. You know why? Because the person sitting right beside you, right behind you, they're guilty of it too. They feel that thing at the same time. Did I drop something? Oh, I'm sweating. Thank you. She loves me. That's good looking out. Got to make sure I look good for the camera. 
<laughs> Thank you, Ms. Thomasina. That's our shoreline ministry. That's how, that's how they do things. They make sure the pastor's not up here sweating his butt off. <laughs> All right, where was I? There are times when we don't feel very blessed, nor do we think very thankful. We don't feel thankful. It's as if our thanker, our thanking ability, freezes up, freezes up. Sometimes our computers freeze up too, yeah? And they require a restart, yeah? And when we do that, what happens when you, when you call up tech support or you call someone and they say, hey, I'm having this problem with my computer? What's the first thing they normally do? What's the first thing? Anyone? They tell you to restart it. They say, reboot the computer, shut it down, start it all over again. And we shake our heads because that's the answer we always get. We're like, oh, here we go again. He always wants me to reboot the computer. But the reality is most of the time, it actually works. It actually helps the situation the majority of the times. Because sometimes, sometimes, pay attention this morning, sometimes we need to reset things back to the way the manufacturer programmed it. Sometimes we need, to, we need to listen to the maker who designed it and knows how it works best. We need to listen to that person sometimes, amen? In the same way, sometimes we need to hit the reset button in different areas of our life. And this morning, I'm going to talk about one of those areas, maybe two of them. But one of those areas is Thanksgiving and appreciation. Sometimes we need to hit the reset button on how we're showing our appreciation and thanksgiving to God. Amen? Someone, I don't know who it was, wrote this. Waking up to a beautiful sunrise is so promising. The air is quiet. Birds are beginning to stir in their nests. The moon is fading away as the sun's rays quietly take over the sky. It's as if God hit the restart button and we are powering up for a new day, a new beginning. Our batteries are charged and things of yesterday are gone. And God is unveiling a chance to start anew. Today is a blank page in a journal. Crisp, clean, and ready for a beautiful story to unfold. Every day we have the chance to be more patient, more forgiving, more kind more understanding, and more generous. We can right our wrongs, learn from yesterday's mistakes, listen more, argue less, put down our phones, look at our family, and start over. We still make mistakes. We won't have everything together or come close to perfection. But God gives us grace again and again until we are finally made new. Wow. Wouldn't it be nice to wake up every day with this renewed, refreshing, restarted, reset attitude every morning? Wouldn't that be nice? Amen. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, amen, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. 
my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen or soldiers, frontline soldiers, wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. See, the psalmist in this, in this scripture, he's in a pit. Not necessarily a literal pit, but he's in a very bad place right now. Okay, But he says that he counts, he counts on the Lord and eagerly desires the dawning of a new day. He's in a bad place, but he is looking forward to the new day that's coming. He eagerly desires the dawning of a new day, and he looks forward to the new day with confidence. It's not just that he's saying, I can't wait for this day to be over. I'm waiting for the new day because I know the Lord is on his throne, and I have confidence that he sees me, he sees my situation, and he's for me. Amen? A new day is coming. A new day is coming. And God is always ready, always ready to push the reset button for all of us. The reset button that forgives us, the reset button that wipes the slate clean. So let me encourage you today. If you are in the pit of failure of sin, we should give thanks for the forgiveness that mercy brings. For with the Lord, there is unfailing love. For with the Lord, there is mercy. Another word for unfailing love. There is mercy with the Lord. And with him, there is full redemption. Someone say full redemption. That doesn't mean a little bit. That's full redemption. Because there is mercy, there is forgiveness. Forgiveness is only possible because of mercy. The forgiveness that we receive every day from the Lord is only possible because of the mercy that he extends. If there was no mercy, there would be no forgiveness. So what is mercy? Well, mercy is not getting the punishment or condemnation that we deserve. That's what mercy is. Mercy is restraint from revenge. Restraining yourself from acts of revenge. That's mercy. Mercy is releasing the prisoner from his or her deserved sentence. That's mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand, the scripture said, but with you there is forgiveness so we can serve you with reverence. So now my next question is, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness is not ignoring or overlooking or condoning or making light of sin. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is treating us as if we had done no wrong and giving up the right for revenge or punishment. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is treating us or us treating people like they have not done any wrong and giving up the right for revenge. That's forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is welcoming the prodigal, the prodigal son or daughter home, but not to be a servant, but welcoming back, back in as a full-fledged child. Forgiveness is not probation. Forgiveness is a full pardon. It's a full pardon. We are expected to forgive people. We are expected to forgive people. Should we be expect should we expect to be forgiven if we are not willing to forgive others? No. It's very clear that it's it's not just a principle, this is biblical. There is an expectation for us to forgive others just like we have been forgiven. Amen. So when God forgives, this is what happens. He has compassion on us. He tramples over, sorry, tramples our sins under his feet and throws them into the depths of the ocean. God tramples our sins under his feet and throws them into the depths of the ocean. He removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Now there's a, that reference, east to the west. Why do you think that the Bible makes reference to east and west versus north and south? Well, if you keep going north, at some point, you'll end up going south, right? And if you keep going south, at some point, you'll end up going north. But if you keep going east, you're never going to be going west. You're never going to be going west. If you're going west, you're never going to be going east. And the Bible says that he removes our sins from us as far as east is from the west. They never, ever meet. Then he says, he will never remember our sins and lawless deeds. Thank you, Jesus. Then he tells us that though our sins are like scarlet, though they are red like crimson, he will make them white as snow. Someone say, purify me, Lord. Purify me, Lord. I heard about a woman who was married to a, a lout of a man. He drank. He womanized, and he was abusive in every distinction. He especially ridiculed her Christian faith. One day after slapping her across the face, he sneered. And how is your Jesus helping you right now, he says to her. She replied quietly and gently, he's helping me love and forgive you. Now I know some other women's responses would be, He's helping me to not drop a brick on your head when you're sleeping tonight. Or he's helping me to not poison the dinner that I prepared for you tonight. That might be some people's response. But either way, that's mercy. That's forgiveness. We should be thankful for the, for the forgiveness that brings mercy. Mercy makes forgiveness possible. And forgiveness gives us all hope. Forgiveness gives us hope, and we should give thanks for the hope that forgiveness brings. These things all work together. Scripture says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word, I put my hope. So the question I ask is, what is hope? Well, hope is not wishful thinking. That's not hope. Hope is not throwing your change 
into a wishing well. That is not hope. Hope is certain, assured, confident anticipation. Certain, assured, confident anticipation. Hope is taking God's promises at face value. Lord, your word says, therefore I believe. That is hope. That is hope. Hope is relying on the unchanging word of an unchanging God. I'm going to say that again. Hope is relying on the unchanging word of an unchanging God. And hope, the hope that God gives us, it doesn't disappoint us like earthly hope will. You put your hope in some things on this, on this earth, you're going to be very, very disappointed. Hope in God will never disappoint you. It gives us that solid ground that we can stand on when the storms of life hit us. It's the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train coming at you. That's the hope of God. It enables us to try again. God's hope enables us to try again when everyone else and everything else says it's useless. Just give up. Throw in the towel. You can't make it. You'll never be that. You'll never get past this problem. You're, you're too far gone. There's nothing you can do to restore yourself. There's nothing you can do to fix the situation. God's hope says different. God's, God's hope says, keep trying, son. Keep pushing, daughter. I'm here with you. It eliminates discouragement and depression. Have you ever seen any, any of those shows where people try to capture animals? I don't know, some stuff in like forests or someplace all over the world. They try to capture animals. Do you know that if an animal becomes trapped, they will die because they lose hope? Losing hope will kill an animal. Do you know that marriages will die because you lose hope? There seems to be no hope. Do you know that people who may have survived in a situation, whether it be a, a health situation or, or something going on in their lives, and they feel as if there is no hope or all, all hope is gone, do you know a lot of people die? Not because of the illness or the ailment, but because they gave up. They felt they had no hope. I heard a story about a, a former minister of a Baptist church in Portland who went into a deep depression, so deep that he needed hospitalization. He thought his world had ended. He could continue. Now how could he continue to minister to others if he was so broken himself? None of the medicines or procedures seemed to work. Sitting by himself one day in the hospital, he was approached by a janitor who said with confidence, you are going to get better. Get better? None of the doctors or other medical staff ever told him that. Get better? There's hope? And from that moment, he did get better, and eventually he fully recovered. You see in this story, hope had done what medicine couldn't do. I'm going to say that again over here because you guys aren't responding as much. Hope, 
did what medicine couldn't do. Did you hear me? A little bit of hope and God mixing things up can do things that you would never imagine, that we can't see with our regular eyes. Hope is still the healer of our souls. It's still more than any other medicine. Hope is the healer of our souls. It's the dispeller of darkness. And it's the linchpin of our faith. Hebrews tells us that the hope, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Folks, the Father sees and He acknowledges our hope. God is not a distant God. God is not out there in Jupiter and Saturn saying, wow, you guys are 500 million miles away from me. That's not the God that we serve. That's not the God that I know. Not at all. God is there. He, he sees and acknowledges our hope. He sees what we're trying to do. The hope of salvation. He sees it. The hope of another chance just to do better. Right or wrong. The hope of acceptance of God into his, into his kingdom. To bow at His throne. Amen? Amen. He sees this. We should give thanks for the forgiveness that mercy brings. We should give thanks for the hope that forgiveness brings. And we should give thanks for a new start that hope brings. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is unfailing love. Say, it's never going to run out. Never going to run out. And with him is full redemption. To be redeemed results in being freed from bondage and freed from sin and freed from your failures of the past. This is what the redemption means, right? And to be able to enjoy the benefits of a new start, the benefits of a reset. You may go through a time of inconvenience. You may go through a time of discomfort. But the greater good, the long-term end game, is a benefit that all of us can, can reap. Now, if we think about it a little more practically, because some of you might be saying, oh, okay, how do, we, how do we undo some of the stuff I did? There is no undo button that makes things that you've done just go away. I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest that. We can't unring a bell right? You can't unring a bell. You can't uncuss somebody. You, you can't uncuss somebody. You can't uncheat a business deal or in a marriage. You can't do that. You can't unsin our done deeds. There's no undo for that. But with God, someone say with God, with God, there is a reset button that He offers. And it is an op opportunity for a clean slate. He's not counting these things against you. So why are you counting them against yourself? Why are you, holding, why are you looking in the mirror and saying, I failed, I failed, I failed, I'm horrible. How could I do this? He's not saying that to you. So why are you saying that to yourself? With God, there's always a new beginning available. And I have it written down here. Always is in all caps. And it's bold. Like, you know when people text you and it's in all caps? It means they're shouting at you. 
Just in case you didn't know that, if you're the one doing that, you're shouting at people, right? That's what that means. I have it written here in all caps. He's shouting. He's saying, there's always a new beginning available. Always. It's like the first grader who's in school and ruined their sheet of paper that they're supposed to do something on. And the, the little child walks up to the teacher in a very, very timid way and it's kind of sad and the child shows the teacher, teacher, this is what I did. And what did the teacher do? The teacher took the piece of paper, smiled at him, and gave him a new piece of paper and said, there you go. Now do better. Do better. That's all the teacher said. There was no reprimand. There's no scolding. The teacher didn't say, you idiot. Can't you even do this simple thing? The teacher didn't say that. Teacher said, no problem, you made a mistake. You know, I'll take your mistake away. Here you go. Do better. Simple. This is not a license to sin. Knowing that there's this hope and this forgiveness is not a license to sin. But what it is, is liberty to begin again. It is the freedom to know you can begin again and not be held hostage and captive to the things of your past. It is it is the ability and the, the authority to start over, to press the reset button. Paul said this in Romans, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Jesus Christ in baptism, we join him in this death, in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Peter says, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, I am healed. Because God does have mercy, and because God does show us forgiveness, we can know that each day, just like Jeremiah did while he was in captivity, Jeremiah said in Lamentations 3, yet I still dare to hope. When I remember this, mind you, he's in captivity. While I, yet I still dare to hope. When I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. You guys remember that, that hymn? Yes. Great is thy faithfulness? Oh, man. It's a good one. I, I never grew up on hymns, but I know that one. I know that one. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Amen? Amen? Therefore, I will hope in him. I want to end with a, a story I read of getting a reset. On New Year's Day in 1929, Georgia Tech played the University of California in the Rose Bowl. This is an American football game, okay? A player named Roy Regals recovered a fumble for California. Somehow, he became confused 
and started running in the wrong direction. One of his teammates downed him just before he crossed the goal line. When California attempted to punt the ball, Georgia Tech blocked the kick and scored a safety. Now, for all the folks that have no idea what I'm talking about because you don't follow football, stick with me. It'll be okay. That, what I just said, all that came in the first half. And the men went into the dressing room. They sat down on the benches and on the floor, all but Regals. He put his blanket around his shoulders, sat down in a corner, put his face in his hands, and cried like a baby. Coach Price was, was quiet. Then the timekeeper came in and announced that there were three minutes before playing time, before the second half would begin. Coach Price looked at the team and said simply, Men, the same team that played the first half will start the second. The players got up and started out, all but Regals. He did not budge. The coach looked back and called to him again. Still, he didn't move. Coach Price went over to where Regals sat and said, Roy, didn't you hear me? The same team that played the first half will start the second. Then Roy Regals looked up and said, Coach, I can't do it. I've ruined you. I've ruined the University of California. I've ruined myself. I couldn't face that crowd in the stadium to save my life. Then Coach Price Price reached out and put his hand on Regal's shoulder and said to him, Roy, get up and go on back. The game is only half over. And Roy Regals went back, played the second half with new energy and aggressiveness. And just like that coach said, God is telling us and he's speaking to us about our failures and in our failures, and he's trying to encourage us. And God is saying to us, by name, son, daughter, by name, he's saying, get up and go on. Get up, go on. The game is only half over. The game is only half over, and you're still on the team. You're still on the team. You're still in the game, and the game is not over yet. Get up. Go on. God has pushed the reset button. He has pushed the reset button. But you don't understand, Pastor Sean. My situation is a little more complicated. It isn't that easy. God's reset button may not work for me. Well, let me remind you of a couple things. I want to remind you that he gave the adulterous woman a reset. Yeah? He gave the demonic Mary Magdalene a reset. Amen? Yeah? He gave Peter, the denier, a reset. God gave Paul, the persecutor of the Christians, a reset. And he will do it for you too. He will do it for you too. It doesn't matter what it is. It's time to shake off the old year. Right now, where you are, just shake it off. Shake off last year. We don't need any more of last year's stuff. 
Come on, come on, come on over there. Shake it off. Shake it off over there. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's time to shake off last year. It's behind you. It's behind you. We're smarter. We're moving forward. Last year is over. It's gone. Don't carry that trash. Don't carry that garbage with you into this year. That doesn't make sense. Let's make a change. Let's do a factory reset and get back in the game. God is ready. He's always ready. He's always been ready. God is willing. He's always been willing. He always will be willing. But the decision that needs to be made is not for God to make. There's no decision here that God needs to make. The decision is for you. And the decision is for me to make. And I'm going to ask everyone right now to bow their heads and close their eyes. And I want to address two groups of people this morning. The first group is those who have never placed their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior ever before. And the second group is for those who have accepted Jesus Christ, but they're looking for the maker to do a factory reset in their lives. If you fall into either of those groups, whether you're in this building or if you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. Don't be ashamed. Don't be scared. Don't be nervous. Right now, this is about you and your heavenly Father who's looking down at you. And if you fall into either of those categories, just say something like this. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to receive your forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you would fill me with a rejuvenated sense of hope. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Change my stinking thinking. Give me new eyes to see things the way you want me to see them. I thank you for the sacrifice you made 2,000 years ago. And Lord, I'm reminded by that Christmas star, Lord, you are a big God. And the universe is continuing to rotate. And your plans are moving forward. Lord, help me to align with your plans and your purpose for my life. I thank you for making me new. I thank you for your willingness to do a factory reset in my life. Please have your way in my life from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. I honor you. I praise you. Despite anything going on in my life, on this day, this first Sunday 
of the new year, I recommit myself or commit myself, if that's you, to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.